Hey everyone, welcome to the Gate Alliance Church. We're so glad you could join us for this week's podcast. If you have any questions or want to learn how you can be more engaged in our church, check us out online at thegatechurch.ca. Thanks for listening and enjoy this week's podcast. Well, it's great to see everybody here this morning. Wonderful. Well, thank you, worship team, for leading us into his presence. And uh, you know what? Part of the worship team, we're all always facing front, but there's two people at the back every week, every Sunday. So thank you guys for making things flow. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. So this morning, it's an honor and privilege, as it always is, to be able to come and to share God's word with you. I want to take a moment, though, to clear the air on some rumors that I've heard recently about Isabel and I being here. So the fact is, we did not follow Mark and Glenda to Niagara Falls. Now, we would not have sold our home, packed up everything, moved away from the life that we were building for just anybody or any reason. When we heard that the royals were leaving and coming to a new calling, uh, we were very sad, but we were also very glad that God was continuing to call them and direct them to, to new opportunities to see lives changed for God's glory. As our shepherd was moving away, uh, we were in the middle of a few uh, options ourselves, and then the campus couple role came up, and it was brought into our whole decision-making process. And and honestly, without hesitation, we knew that we were to be here in Niagara Falls. So again, let me be clear, we did not follow the royals (laughs) here. As Paul wrote in 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verse 1, it says, follow my example as I follow the example of Christ. That is why we are here. We literally picked up, we moved, and we followed the royals, not because they're nice people, not because Pastor Mark's a great leader or teacher, although those things are true, but we followed because of who Christ is in them, because of who they are in Christ. And so we desire to grow in our faith walk under their leadership and guidance and direction in our lives. And so we're very grateful for the opportunity to be here to serve alongside them at the gate. And so now you know the truth. (laughs) Okay. So this morning, my desire is to remind all of us of who we are. Now you may be thinking, I already know who I am. But by the end of today's message, my hope is that we take one step closer in knowing who God created us to be and not necessarily who we think we are or what others think about us. I believe that God's people, his church, is not functioning in the fullness that it is capable of. And one of these reasons is that though we believe in God, we do not fully believe that God believes in us. This message is timely for us, for me, for you, to remind us of who created us, who has called us, and who has changed us. Today I'm reminding all of us that God believes in us, that God believes in you. I have a few questions to get us started. So the first question to get our thinker thinking is, do you believe that God's word is absolute truth? By show of hands. Good. That's a good amen. It is. (laughs) Thank you, John. I can count on you. (laughs) Second question is, 
since God's word is absolute truth, do we absolutely believe it? Like this, right? Yeah, it's, it's a challenge. Some stuff we have challenges with. And now a personal question. If you had to pick three words to describe yourself, what would they be? Now, they could be three words that others may describe you as as well. So I, I do want you to take a moment. If you've got your bulletin, write down those three words. If you don't have a pen, maybe remember them. Because we're going to come back to those a little bit later in the message. So take a moment. Write down those three words that you believe about yourself, to describe yourself, that others may say about you, etc. I'm going to guess that some of you, as you're writing, would begin by saying you're a father, you're a mother. You may have said that you're friendly or that you're reserved or a loner or possibly that you're single or divorced or rich or poor. Those are all defining words. Some of you have may have said that you are an athlete or an engineer, or maybe some went deep this morning and said that you are successful or a failure or that you're loved or rejected. So today we're going to be talking about labels in the context that a label is a phrase or a description of a person, especially one that holds you back. The fact is, whether we like it or not, uh, labels are used to define and describe us, and we associate value with labels. And they do communicate importance. Some labels people simply say about us, and other labels are because of the things we have done. If you don't think that's true, we're going to play a little game, and I want you to be completely honest as we play this game. It's called Name That Label. So you're allowed to only raise your hand once per question. Everybody needs to play. Those are the only rules. So let's begin. Next slide. So expensive. What would you say? Would you say it's A, B, not everybody's playing, C, okay, next slide. Would it be Dollarama, A, Walmart, B, Nordstrom. There shouldn't be a single hand up for Nordstrom. <laughs> Next slide. Samuel, A, B, or C? I got some tech people in here. That's good. Next slide. Successful. A, B, or C? What about this one? Average. A, B, or C? And lastly, poor, A, B, or C? Let's try this one. Child of God, A, B, C. Every hand should be up for that. You can break the rules. <laughs> I'm going to share some of my story with you this morning. It was cool, the songs that you picked this morning. It's like, man, it just spoke to me because you'll find out as we go through this. But, and I get to talk about what I want to talk about. So I'm going to share my story. Uh, you see, I didn't grow up in a Christian home. And I came to know Christ uh, in my early 20s. So during my childhood, I didn't know that I had any purpose. I thought I was a normal kid growing up, and why wouldn't I? That's all I knew. I really only had my beliefs and my surroundings to base my life on. In elementary school, I lived my life in isolation. I did not fit in, and I had no clue as to why. The other kids ridiculed me. They called me hurtful names, even fought with me. My nose was broken at a very young age. 
I was bullied before bullying became a mainstream issue. The girls would even pick on me. I was last to pick. Why is that funny? <laughs> I'm kidding. They would, when we were playing sports, I would be the last pick. The girls would be picked before me, quite frankly, because they could play better than I could play. But because of nothing I did in particular, no other reason, others labeled me a loser, a wimp, a failure, a can't shoot, can't score, can't play. I loved learning at school, but I despised going to school. I didn't have a single friend in elementary school, a lot of acquaintances, but not a friend. Now, it was a very lonely time, and I wore the label of reject on a daily basis. Now, fortunately, going to a different secondary school than my graduating class from elementary school, that happened for me, but the label was now part of who I was defined as, rejected. At age 16, I found myself rushed by ambulance to the hospital from school for an emergency surgery. The doctors were baffled as to what was causing me so much pain, and so they, they quite literally started cutting here all the way down just to, to see what was going on, and they discovered that I had a perforated ulcer in the duodenum at age 16. And so at that point, they gave me six hours to live. Now up to this point in life, I had not smoked, had not drank, didn't do drugs, because those were the things that the doctor said would cause that type of thing to happen, so they were baffled. All they could determine that caused the perforated ulcer was stress, and they were right. All the previous years of being rejected by others, by being told I was worthless and would never amount to anything, caused me to stress about life at such a young age about my future, about whether or not I would amount to anything in life. Now, I made from some friends in high school, but found myself becoming involved in what now as a parent would call the wrong crowd. And in fact, I became the wrong crowd. Though I did very well academically, I, I, I did enjoy learning, but I started to smoke, I started doing drugs, uh, started drinking, uh, engaged in premarital sex. What was the point to life after a near-death situation anyways? I figured, why not? And by doing those things, I began to collect labels like druggie, rebel, rocker, scrapper, to name a few. I'm sharing with you today, my family, this morning about my past to clearly communicate what God's word is in its life-breathing life-giving and life-changing, not to recognize my past sinful ways, but rather to bring to the forefront that God's word is truth and is hope for those with no hope. Amen. See, the longer we carry labels, the less they describe our past and the more they determine our future. It would be super if only the labels we carried were positive labels about ourselves. But the reality of life is that every single one of us here today carries labels that are negative. Maybe it's a label of feeling unloved because of the home that you grew up in. Maybe it's a label of failure because of past relationships that didn't quite work out or, or that you never completed school or you feel stuck in your job. Maybe it's a label of being inadequate that you feel you will never measure up to be the father or mother that you desire to be or the spouse that you wish you could be. Maybe your label is that you doubt, that you doubt in your faith and your future. 
I don't know what your label is, but I do know if you carry it too long, it stops describing what happened in the past and it starts to determine your future. Growing up, I carried the label of feeling rejected, so I, I didn't feel adequate to be people's friends, and I saw what I thought could get me friends by going down a dark path filled with sinful living choices. And again, I don't know what your labels are, but what I do know is that the good news, the hope that we have, is that we can overcome the labels that hold us back, the labels that others have placed on us and that we have placed on ourselves. If we follow and obey the teachings of Jesus Christ and trust in him who he calls us to be. I was told I would never amount to anything, so I made it my mission to excel in whatever I put my hand or mind to. I had new labels to replace those hurtful labels. I added the labels of husband, father, designer, along with designations to validate all that. I added pastor, professor, auxiliary police officer, to name a few. All great things on their own. What I didn't realize was I had been accumulating these labels and attempting to erase the label of rejected that I had taken ownership of in elementary school. You see, others had said those things and done those things to me that caused me to feel that way. And over time, I believed that rejected became a part of who I was. And I was determined not to allow that label to come into my life again. So I took matters into my own hands. And I took control. And I fought through to achieve and to accomplish the things that I have in my life. And indeed, again, good things. But what I had left out through the whole process out of my efforts was truly understanding and believing what God says about me in his word. It took a crisis moment what I would refer to as an identity crisis moment that caused me to forget and more specifically to neglect who God called me to be. I paused long enough to hear from a loving and caring pastor, our very own Pastor Mark, in fact, that the labels and things that I had added didn't impress God and God wasn't looking for me to impress him. I was working at being accepted by God and by others. I thought if I had a newer label or a better label, I would be accepted. Now formally as a pastor, I've shared the words, God loves you as you are and he accepts you for who you are. We've probably heard several preachers tell us that throughout our, our lives. It took an identity crisis for me to come to understand that I too needed to hear, not just to speak those words, and also needed to listen and take them to heart. Now, I've been very transparent with you thus far, and I'll continue, but <laughs> with you today, because I believe that it is by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony that people will come into a full relationship with Jesus. We need to be brave enough to believe that what God says about us is absolute truth. So we're going to play that game again. I'm going to give you a hint for this one. Put your finger here, see my hands, reach out your hand and put it into my side. Stop doubting and believe. Who said that? What, what was that? Doubting. doubting Thomas. Note that Jesus did not call him a doubter, which is a noun, but told him to stop doubting, which is a verb. So he wasn't called a doubter. 
Thomas did what most of us probably would have done. See, John the Baptist also doubted when he was behind bars. He asked his disciples to ask Jesus, are you the one who was to come or should we expect someone else? And yet, he was not labeled a doubter. And I've wondered why. And I think it's probably because the doubting Baptist would not fly in some circles. (laughs) So let's move on to the next one. (laughs) This time I'll give you the answer and you tell me who said this. Pardon me, my Lord, so-and-so replied, but how can I save Israel? My clan is the weakest in Manasseh and I am the least in my family. Shout it out. Gideon. Gideon. Gideon did not see himself as God saw him. In verse 12, the angel of the Lord said to Gideon, The Lord is with you, what? Mighty warrior. God knew his child and saw him for who he was created to be. So let's look to one more here. Rahab the prostitute. Rahab is mentioned eight times in the Bible. And six of those times, she is referred to as Rahab the prostitute. This is how she was known and has been recorded in history. And the fact is, being a prostitute is what she did with her life. Can you imagine what it must have been like to be Rahab? She most likely thought to herself that she was no good, unclean, filthy, that she would never marry, that no man would want to have true intimacy with her. Her story can be found in the book of Joshua. And to make a long story short, one day she thought that the God of Israel could become her God, and that's what happened. And she married a man named Salmon, and together they had a son named Boaz. Salmon belonged to the tribe of Judah. So let me read a little from Matthew verse 1, starting at verse 5, or chapter 1, verse 5, rather. Salmon, the father of Boaz, who mother was Rahab, Boaz the father of Obed, whose mother was Ruth, Obed the father of Jesse, and Jesse the father of King David. And we know that the lineage of King David leads all the way to our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. How amazing is it that God does not call us by the labels that others call out to us, like Rahab, or even by what we think about ourselves, like Gideon, Rahab was the great, 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 I lost count, grandmother of the Savior of the world. The sinless Son of God, Jesus, was born out of the lineage of someone that was labeled a dirty, filthy prostitute. How was that possible? Because God does not see our labels. He sees our faith and obedience, and he calls us his children. I'm going to pick on Roman for a minute. He doesn't know this. (laughs) Glad you came to church today. (laughs) number of years ago, when Roman was a very young lad, uh, his teacher called us in for a meeting to discuss with us his learning ability. She was concerned that he wasn't keeping up. We're talking like grade one kindergarten, I think. So he wasn't keeping up the building blocks or something. She was concerned he wasn't keeping up with the class. And she wanted to label him a slow learner back then. She wanted us to have him enrolled in uh, special classes, extra classes. And so we thanked her for her concern as she was genuinely concerned. But we decided not to proceed with her plan. Because as his parents, we know that Roman was a square peg that the system was trying to put into a round hole. And we knew that he's highly intelligent when it came to using his hands and figuring things out. 
When Roman attended college, he graduated his diesel coach mechanic course on a Friday and started his apprenticeship on a Monday, repairing and maintaining big rigs that drive all over North America. Now, I don't know if you've taken time, but if you've got a chance, look at the schematic of a big rig of the electrical system. It's a plate of spaghetti. And the math that you need to apply to calculate proper air pressure for brakes, rocket science. So as a parent, we know our children best. God knows you. Amen. He knows who you are because Amen. he created you. You are not who others say you are. You are not even who you believe yourself to be. Amen. According to the truth that we find in God's word, we are who God says we are. Now possibly if you're here today, what I've shared has resonated with you, different circumstances, but possibly, possibly you too have had others put labels on you that you didn't earn or deserve, or you did something that caused others to label you or that you even labeled yourself. See, what Jesus offers us is not a new label or a better label, but what he offers us is a new identity. In 2 Corinthians 5.17 says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, the new creation has come, the old has gone, the new is here. And there's an exclamation mark after that. The NLT says it this way, anyone who belongs to Christ has become a new person. The old life is gone, a new life has begun. Now possibly you've had more belief in the name or label that the created, not the creator, has given you. That through no power of their own, but rather by you granting the power and accepting what's been spoken over you. Instead, of believing what your God says about you. So let's go back and read this again. It says, therefore, anyone. Who? Anyone. Who? Anyone. Thank you. Anyone. That means anyone. What that tells us is that no matter what you have done, no matter the chaos you've caused, no matter the lives you've trampled over, no matter what you believe about yourself or what others have said about you, no matter the mistakes you've made, no matter how good you think you are, no matter, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, that you follow the teachings of Jesus and obey his commands, that Jesus is Lord and Savior of your life, that you put your hope and faith in Jesus, the resurrected Messiah. The new creation has come, and you have been made brand new. Amen? The old life is gone. Now, gone in the Greek means gone. What we read about gone when it comes to God is that he forgives our sins as far as the east is from the west. As we read in Psalm 103, 12. In Micah 7, 19, we read that God will cast our sins into the depths of the sea. And Hebrews 18, 6 says, God will remember our sins no more. Gone is gone, no more, wiped away, no unerased, it is gone. Now because of this amazing grace, this unmerited favor, of Christ, I am no longer rejected and unwanted. I am a new creation, a mighty warrior, an heir with Christ, an ambassador of his kingdom, and so very much more according to his word. So who 
does God say we are? What does God say about you? Today's message is you are here. We often see this phrase on a location map, showing us and telling us where we're located on that map. In this great adventure that we call life, the locators, the definers, the labels that we have taken ownership of often define and tell us that we are not going past this point. This is where we are. Labels limit you to being stuck in a position and you're not going to get past whatever label it is that you decided is more powerful than what God says about you. I'll say that again, that's good. Labels limit you to being stuck in a position and you are not going to get past whatever label it is that you decided is more powerful than what God's word says about you. How many of you today here are ready to take that one step beyond where you've been stuck? Whether the labels are untrue or a consequence of something that you did, like Rahab, these labels do not define us as followers of Christ. The words that God has spoken over us define who we are. So do this exercise with me. Let's replace you with your name and here with one of the words that you used to describe yourself earlier. So, for example, in my past it would have been David R. I'm going to say David is rejected. I'm sharing this morning this message because I firmly believe that when we, the church, begin to understand who we were created to be, that when we know who we are in Christ and know who Christ is in us, we will be a church that changes the world around us. That people will see such a transformational difference in our lives that they will see a drastic contrast of how we live compared to that of worldly living. That we demonstrate the love of Christ and we lift the name of Jesus above all else that they will be drawn unto Jesus to seek and to know him as we do. So I'm excited to share with you today 52 scriptures, one for each week of the year, to remind us of what God says about us in his word. And so we agreed at the beginning of this message that God's word is absolute truth. So these are for you to speak over your life. For those of you who have a bulletin, on the reverse side of the notes area, you'll find the 52 verses there. You could put this on your fridge at home. Use it as a reminder. Speak these things over your life, because this is God's word to you. So Sam, you're going to keep up with me. You ready? I'm the salt of the earth. I'm the light of the world. I'm a child of God. I have abundant life. I know God's voice. I'm a branch of the true vine and a conduit of Christ's life. Feel free to shout amen, hallelujah, woo woo. I am a friend of Jesus. I am one in Christ. I have everlasting life. I am set free. I am a saint. I have been accepted by Christ. I am dead to sin. I am free from condemnation. As a child of God, I am a fellow heir with Christ. I 
I live by the law of the Holy Spirit. I am more than a conqueror. I have been called to be a saint. In Christ I have wisdom, righteousness, sanctification, and redemption. I am established to the end. I have the mind of Christ. I am joined to the Lord and am one spirit with him. I am the temple of the Holy Spirit. I always triumph in Christ. I am a new creature. I am an ambassador for Christ. I am the righteousness of God through Jesus Christ. I am crucified with Christ. I am redeemed from the curse of the law. I have been made one with all who are in Christ Jesus. I am no longer a slave, but a child and an heir. I have been set free in Christ. Amen. I have been sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise. I have been blessed with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places. I am holy without blame before him. I am accepted in Christ. I am forgiven all my sins. I am God's workmanship. I am alive with Christ. I am seated in heavenly places with Christ. I am his faithful follower. I was formerly darkness, but now I am light in the Lord. I am strong in the Lord. I am being changed into his image. I am a citizen of heaven. I can do all things through Jesus Christ. I have all my needs met by God. I have the peace of God. I am delivered from the power of darkness. I am complete in Christ. I am raised up with Christ and seated in heavenly places. I have been chosen of God and am holy and beloved. I am reconciled to God. God loves me and he has chosen me. I am God's child. I show forth his praise. I am a partaker of his divine nature. I am born of God, and the evil ones do not touch me. I have overcome the world. I am blessed. I am the apple in my father's eye. I am loved with everlasting love. And number 52, I am victorious. Amen? Amen. And that is because of God's amazing grace, his unmerited favor because of him. I can stand, and you can stand, and you can be assured that those things are for you. What Christ did for us, we have the ability to do for others as well. Not to label people with those negative labels, but to love as Christ loves. So at the start of my message, I asked you to pick three words to describe yourself. So if any of those words happen to be a negative words, negative labels that have been carrying you down, weighing you down, limiting what God has created you for and called you to, today my desire is that you would put a line through them, that you would rip them up, that you would toss them in the trash where they belong. Just listed 52 replacements, and there's so many, many more in God's word. If you're going through an identity crisis, look to God's word as to who he says you are. If you're a victim of identity theft, allow God to speak through the Holy Spirit in you and assure you that he believes in you. The devil comes as we know in John 10.10, 10, to steal, to kill, destroy. And stealing your identity of who you are in Christ is a tactic that will immobilize God's people. You see, Rahab's past was not too big to be forgiven. Amen. It was the work of God in Rahab's life that was too big to be denied. I want to say that in different words. What the devil meant for evil God will use for good. God's used my past to bring about change in my life as well as in lives of others around me. God can use rejection, 
can use a struggling marriage, can use financial ruin. I'm here to testify today to that. My challenge to us all today is to refuse the labels of our past that inhibit or limit back God's plan for our future. We need to make a choice to refuse to let those labels define who he has called us to be. So don't let the labels from your past or present limit what God has planned for your future. God's power is bigger than your past. God's truth is stronger than the opinions of others about you, and his word is absolute truth. Allow his word to speak to you, and you will discover that God believes in you. Amen. Worship team, if I could have you come up and close in prayer. Would you stand with me as we close in prayer this morning? Thank you, Lord. Let's pray. Thank you, Jesus. Lord Jesus, we're, we're gathered here as your church, and, and we worship who you are, the one true living God. We give you thanks, Lord, for your amazing grace in our lives. And let us never take for granted your sacrifice and gift to us of salvation. Today, we've been encouraged and equipped by the words of testimony as well as the life-giving words from your holy scriptures. And I pray now that the Holy Spirit would empower each person here to lay down the label or labels that have been preventing you from moving forward with God's calling on your life. It may be one of the hardest things you will ever have to do to believe who God says you are opposed to what others say or what you say about yourself. Some would say that this step would be living in denial. But I can tell you that to truly live in denial is to deny what God says about you. It is to deny that God believes in his child. He believes in you. And he's waiting for you to take that one step forward, leaving behind that label that is keeping you back from who he has created you to be and yet to become. I pray that as we take these steps, that in the process we become more like Jesus and less like us, that those that do not yet know Jesus would be drawn to him by those that lift his name to follow and obey his teachings as demonstrated by our love joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. That's how they will know. Thank you, Jesus, for your work that you're doing in your people's hearts and for changing what needs to be changed in our lives. May each person take that one step today to draw closer to who you say we are. In Jesus' name, we thank you. Everybody said, Amen. Thanks for listening to today's podcast. We make these messages available to give you a window into our church, but also an open gate for you to join in with our community. Our Sunday service is at 10 a.m., and we look forward to seeing you soon. And know that there is a place for you at The Gate. Please remember to visit thegatechurch.ca for more information about our church.